continuing in this series, Life Together, Our Journey in Jesus. Focused the first week um, on truth about being fed by faith. And last week about uh, what it takes to, to win, living our life in such a way as to claim the prize or to win. And that just focused and mired in purpose. But I have another question for you as we start today, and it's this. Has anybody ever had a breakdown on a trip? Yeah. Um, I've experienced that, and it's just not really fun to have a breakdown on a trip. I'm speaking uh, specifically of a time when we were um, driving. We were outside the city of Boston. Our car broke down, and that can be really hard. I mean, you don't know any shops around there. You don't know if you're looking and looking in your phone or in Yellow Pages or whatever it is. Use the internet. Try to find car repair shops. Are they going to be trustworthy? Are they going to be honest? Are they going to see the Michigan license plate? We're going to get charged triple. You know, who knows? Breakdowns are tough on trips. If you've ever had one, you know what I'm speaking about. And more importantly, the other kind of breakdown. Breakdowns relationally and breakdowns in life together. What happens when things start to fall apart and there's disagreement and divisiveness in our life together with others? Maybe on one of those trips when things got tough, maybe just simply in life together. You know, it's a really, really good thing that we understand and know that the people that God blesses us with, the people in our lives, family and friends, are such deep and great blessings. I think about that a lot, that the giftedness of having people in our hearts and our lives is a profound and a wonderful thing. And it's a good thing it is because it can be really tough living life with others at times, can't it? I think you all know what I'm talking about. There's times in our lives when, when things are hard between us and others. That's why God, out of his infinite wisdom, gave us so much truth in his word, truth about living life together with others, and with him. And today we're going to look at a story where there was an epic breakdown. It's a story about the nation of Israel. They had just been freed from Egypt and all of the oppression, and they were on the brink of entering into what Scripture calls the promised land. So we're going to break down this story and then Look at three truths, three truths that will help us avoid breakdowns in the first place, but then also navigate them when we're in the midst of them. So we're just going to go to various places all the way through Numbers 13 and 14 and look at how this story unfolds and how this breakdown occurs. So are you ready? Now open up your hearts. It starts out with... God's saying something very specific in verses 1 and 2 to Moses. So if you're there at Numbers 13, this is what you'd read. The Lord said to Moses, 
Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of the leaders. And so that's what God asked Moses to do as we start the story, to go ahead and select 12 leaders. He does exactly that. He selects 12. He's obedient to what it is that God says, selects the 12. And then off they go. They explore the land. You can look at the names of the leaders, all of the ones that were chosen. Verse, uh, chapter 13, verses 4 to 15, list them all, all of their names. And before they go, Moses tells them what it is that they're, go, that, that they're to go and look for as they go and they explore the land. Here's some of the things that I want you to know. And to, and to write down to understand what, what these questions are all about so you can come back and give us a report. This is laid out in verses 17 to 20 of chapter 13. He's going up there, see what the land is like. Whether the people who are there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land is it? What's it like? Is it good? Is it bad? Are there walled cities? Are there not? How's the soil? Is it fertile? Is it poor? Are there trees or not? Bring back some of the fruit if you can. So he goes and he tells them, this is what I want you to look for as you go and you explore. And indeed they do. They go off and explore the land for 40 days. We we read about that and where they went. Chapter 13, verses 21 to 25. It shares where they went and that they actually did get some fruit and they bring it back. So they come back from exploring and what is it that they say? The report. The report, the land is good. Verses 26 to 27 of chapter 13. All 12 agree that the land that it is that they went into to explore was a land that was literally, you read that in verse 26, a land flowing with milk and honey, a really good report. Good news, right? Great news. Not so much. Do you see the first word of verse 28? But, great land, wonderful news, but, but we can't go there, we'll get trounced. Then you read what it is that they have to say, verses 28 and 29. The people who live there are strong and powerful, they're big, they're huge. If we go there, they're going to tear us apart. We're no match for them. And and the cities, the cities were walled, fortified, huge, impenetrable. We'll never be able to get in there and conquer them. Can't do it. Now, I want to have you pause just a minute. It's going to have to do with one of our truths. Is that what was asked for, by the way? They were asked to give a report. And what they end up doing is, and this is the start of the breakdown. 
they're asked to report on what it is that they saw, but then they add to it a personal assessment, their opinions. That's where the breakdown starts. Have you ever had that happen? So you're talking to someone and they're sharing facts and all of this other stuff, and then all of a sudden they start to give all of their opinions about that, and it's not quite how you would see it. And I should be quick to point out that it wasn't all 12, of course. If you look at verse 30, you see that Caleb speaks up. And he tries to still the the noise and say, hey, look, yeah, the people are big. Yeah, they're strong and powerful. But hey, we should go in and possess the land. We'll surely be able to conquer it. We'll be able to go in and take take possession of of the land. But the opinion and assessment continues. And and then it goes from a place of bad to worse in terms of breakdown. And you just start to think about this all the way through as we we look at these different junctures about how things break down in the relationships that you have with other people and the relationship that you have with God and how that breaks down. So, So here's what happens they're talking about the, the bad report, or excuse me, about their personal assessments, and then they do turn it into a bad report. You, you see that again. There's that word again, verse 31. But, so Caleb tries to silence them, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack them. They're stronger than us. And then you read this in verse 32. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report, a bad report about the land that they explored. A bad report. He, no way it can happen. We can't go there. <laughs> it's going to be a disaster, complete disaster. Now, they shared that, the 10, knowing that Caleb and Joshua supported going into the land, but also who else? Moses and Aaron. And so this is a common thing that happens when breakdowns occur. That There's this means if there's a disagreement and they're starting to have a breakdown and people aren't going in the same directions, there's this bolstering of position. It's just a natural reaction. It happens almost all of the time. You think about that when you're having a disagreement with somebody that you love and you have a conversation and you really want to to prove that you're right and so you start bringing more and more things into the story and that's exactly what happens here he he talks about uh, the ten of them all the people there were of great size not just some of them they're all huge little exaggeration says we saw the Nephilim there this is verse 33 the descendants of Anak and if you, um, what they're saying there, the translation is giants. These people are huge. They're big. Descendants of Anak, that, that, that's our, our translation. Just think Goliath. And they're all Goliaths. All of them. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Bad report that gets worse. This is mission impossible. That's the picture that's trying to be painted. Can't do it, shouldn't do it. It'll be really, really, really bad. We'll get tore up 
we'll get trounced, we'll be destroyed. I don't think that's quite what God was looking for when he asked them to go and explore and come back and tell Moses and the people what they saw. But it goes worse from there. I want you to think about Continue to think about breakdowns. Here's what happens. Chapter 14, verses 1 to 4. If you're following, you can look at all of those words and those responses from people. They chose to believe the bad report. Now, I am always amazed at what it is that when people share things, what people choose to believe without any kind of verification. We don't read here that they went to Moses or to Aaron, that they didn't go to Caleb or they didn't go to Joshua. They just accepted the tense word. And it went from, again, bad to worse. They believed the report. And then you read these words. This is in verse 3. Excuse me, verse 2. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and said, If only we had died in Egypt. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. You see what happens when breakdowns occur? There is this understanding of, you know what, we had things better before. Why did we even go on this trip? Why did we even go on this journey? Have you ever been there? Have you had that happen when the car breaks down? If you have children, it almost invariably happens, right? This is terrible. We need to go back home. what the people of Israel are doing. And they paint, again, worst-case scenario. Take it to places that really probably aren't going to happen, certainly not when we think about some of the truths that we're going to look at and God's promises. They're saying, what? We're going to die. Our wife and children are going to die. Worst-case scenario, paint it, make it as bad as it possibly can be. Epic breakdown. And they did that because they believed the report. That's a common thing, again, when breakdowns happen. There's a couple other responses that take place. Verse 5, Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly. They were stunned. Could not believe what they were seeing and what they were hearing. And again, relate that to the truth in just a minute. Joshua and Caleb rise up and speak. They remain steadfast. Trying to say, look, it's not going to happen. We need to be obedient to God, and we need to go into the land. The land that we explored, to read that, is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, a land flowing with milk and honey, he will give it to us. 
Only don't rebel against the Lord. For the Lord is with us. They're trying to get the whole nation of Israel to see what is relative to truth. And then it gets a little worse. So you see the progression? Opinions, assessments, bad reports, conversations, rebellion, disobedience, and then, and then this. This is how far it goes. Verse 10 starts with that word again. Do you see it? Third time I pointed it out. But, but the whole assembly talked about stoning them. So how did things get here? God gives a command to go and explore the land. Next thing you know, they're ready to commit murder. Isn't that crazy? I don't know what point and what, what level the disagreements that you've had, the breakdowns that you've had reach. Maybe one that you're going through right now. Maybe one that you went through earlier. Maybe you're thinking about a friendship. Maybe you're thinking about something that happened with a family member. But there are things that take place in the breakdowns that, that can indeed move them from this place all the way over to here. That's exactly what happened with the nation of Israel. And it was a doozy. It was a big one. At that particular point, when they went all the way to the place of saying, we're going to kill Moses and Aaron, God steps in. He says, enough is enough. And he speaks. And you can read what it is that God has to say. Verse 11 chapter 14 the Lord Lord said to Moses how long will these people treat me with contempt how long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the miraculous signs I have performed among them I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them think he's a little mad chapter 14 verses 26 to 38 how Moses intervened how there were conversations and he spoke to God and asked for God's goodness and his grace to come in the midst of this of this epic breakdown and God does but there are consequences you perhaps, if you're familiar with the story, you know the consequences. He, he says, um, okay, I won't destroy them all with a plague. I was going to do that immediately. But he said, this is what will happen instead. Everybody who's under the age of 20 will not go into the land. Everybody who's over the age of 20. So, so all of those who, who were older who believed the bad report are going to fall in the wilderness. That's a consequence. They're going to wander for 40 years. That's one year for each day that they explored the land. And then something else happened as well. Do you remember the other part of the breakdown? The 10 that spent, uh, spread the bad report are struck with a plague and die immediately. 
that God wanted to send a very strong message to the nation of Israel. Now, if, if you've been listening and you've been hearing what it is that's being said in this story, you realize that there are at least three truths that God wants us to, to take from this story, things that He reveals to help us to avoid breakdowns and to navigate breakdowns when we're in the midst of them. Three things that will help us avoid the same breakdown that occurred in Numbers 13 and Numbers 14 in our life together and in our life with God and our relationship with the Lord. The first is this, that the journey is all about purpose, purpose, purpose. You go back to 13, verse 1. What is it that's happening at the very start of all of this? What is it that God is saying? And, and something, by the way, that he said multiple times before they even reached this place. It's what he told Moses in the burning bush. It's what he shared time and time again with the leadership of the nation of Israel and then with all of the people. Same thing. I'm going to take you somewhere and that somewhere is a promised land send some of the people to explore the land of canaan which i am giving to the israelites that had been repeated time and time again and that's the first thing that we need to realize about our life journey our life journey as it intersects with other people gifts that god gives to us our life journey in terms of being obedient and following God. Purpose, purpose, purpose. There is a reason that you are alive. There is a reason that you have other people that are placed in your life. And that reason has everything to do with the great Lord your God and the relationship that he desires you to have with him. And those around you as well. What is it? Do you remember it? Winning people to Christ, equipping them to serve. Purpose. See, along the way and on the journey, there's a lot of things then that can come into play that we start to look at and start to own in terms of purpose. But that's not what the purpose for followers of Jesus are given. It's very clear. It's very distinct. God speaks it very clearly. Jesus spoke it. It's what that statement, winning people for Christ's equipment to serve, is based on the words of Matthew 28, verses 18 and 19. And if you have been given grace, if you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm going to step back and look more. There's all, I hope everybody that my eyes lay on knows the grace of Jesus Christ. That you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. I hope that that's true. That everybody here understands and knows that. And if that is true, then you are forgiven. And you have a purpose. A purpose to be. A purpose to be salt and light. And God's got plans for you. You know the words. I, I know they've been repeated um, uh, more than once, and maybe you're familiar with them. This is Jeremiah 29. Think about this. Purpose, purpose, purpose. Your purpose. 
purpose for life together, purpose for the life with God. Here it is. For I know the plans I have for you, Jeremiah 29, 11 to 14, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me. See, this is when you get it, when you get the purpose. Then you will call on me and come and pray with me, and I will listen to you. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And here it is, and bring you back from captivity. Somehow the nation of Israel had forgotten their very purpose. See, God was taking them to a place, but they decided that their purpose and their plans was better than God's. Breakdown. How about you? Do you understand what God's purpose is for your life? Are you trying to seek Him day in and day out? to figure out what it looks like so that there's not a breakdown between you and God. And then what that means for other people that God has gifted you in your life to do life together with. What's your purpose together? I think about that in terms of the family unit. Something that is getting broken down and torn apart in this country day after day. What should families be striving for? people who love each other and care for each other until epic breakdowns occur. What could have avoided them? See, purpose, 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 understanding, understanding who we are and where God wants to take us is so, so important. That's truth number one. That helps avoid. If everybody's focused on that, there's no breakdown. Think about this story. If eyes didn't get diverted and look at the giants and look at the walled cities but stayed true to purpose, would this story be even be here? It goes on from there. Again, verse 1. I'll read it again. The Lord said to Moses, Sense of the men to explore the land of Canaan, and here it is. This is truth number 2, which I am giving to the Israelites. If you want to avoid a breakdown in your life as a follower of Jesus Christ, you need to believe the promises that God gives you about your journey. See, this is something that I, I couldn't really understand about this story and it made me scratch my head until I thought about my life and I thought about other people's lives and how somehow, some way, there's this, there's this listening to other things other than God's promises. See, that, that, that took the breakdown in terms of taking eyes off of purpose and then the whole understanding of not believing the promise that God gave. When they started looking at the giants and the cities, it's like mission impossible, and that's the report that they gave. But that's not what God promised. God said right in, in, in chapter 13, verse 1, at the start of this story, I am giving you this land. It is yours. What happened? They didn't believe it. And we can be really critical and really hard on them until we stop and think about the breakdowns in our own life with our relationship with the Lord and the ways that we fail to trust Him. All of the promises that He gives, the Word, the word is full of them about His care, His protection, His providence, His mercy, His grace. 
to give us strength, renewal, life, all of the things. You can just continue to pull and draw out things about your journey, plans to give you a future, plans to give you hope, all of the promises that God gives. And breakdowns start to occur in our relationship with Him and with others when we fail to believe in the promises of God. And to keep our eyes focused on those promises. About a hope. About a future. In all that it can mean. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, believe in God's promises for you for the people that he has placed in your life to do life together in him and with him I think about that I think about the breakdown 40 years of wandering you know one of the sad things that I encounter in this thing called life and in ministry are seeing the breakdowns and I'm thinking right now of, of families people who no longer talk to each other people who build up walls of hostility who don't believe in God's promises of reconciliation and restoration of forgiveness and grace and honestly, it drives me crazy, but more than anything else, it makes me incredibly sad. Believe what it is that God says. Claim His promises. Last one. Truth number three. Be obedient and follow God. So you see the progression. They lost sight of their purpose. They decided not to believe God's promises. And then there was bad behavior. Things went from bad to worse. Started with the ten. They spread these bad reports. People believed it. They rebelled. Again, all the way to the point of wanting to kill Moses and Aaron. I think a lot about personal relationships at this point when I think about number three, about being obedient and following God. See, if God, if Satan can get you to not follow God, to not obey God, he's got you right where he wants you. If he can get you to be disobedient, if he can get you to be unholy, if he can get you to say and do things that aren't of him, he's winning. See, it's so much more than, than our relationships even. And the relationships that you have with other people. And so whether it's at school, in the hallways, and in the classrooms, about things that people are saying or how they're treating each other, if it's about at work, if it's in your family, ungodliness, disobedience, creates and leads to breakdowns. And it never helps you get out of them. It only makes them worse. 
And yet that seems to be another path that, that sometimes we choose or that other people choose in the midst of those breakdowns. You know, at any point in this story so far, I, I want to ask you this question. H- have you seen anyone, well, you, you have, but it, it, has this occurred yet? Has anybody said, um, I confess and repent? They try to do that later because they still want to follow their own way. It turns out to be another disaster. You, you read later in chapter 14 and in 15, they they decide that they're going to go into the hill country and bathe. They're going to do what God wanted them to do in the first place, but God never told them to do it. After they got the consequences, that's when they were sorry. Boy, that happens a lot in life, doesn't it? But God desires us to avoid all of that. So staying focused on purpose claiming his promises, and then being obedient to God in terms of what that means in life together. Helps us not even go there. Again, if they hadn't been disobedient, if they hadn't done all of that stuff, I I think of verse 11 again. How long will these people treat me with contempt? Would that have happened if they only would have been obedient and turned their hearts back to God? We can talk about the Israelites for a long time and kind of analyze and dissect their decisions. But of course, what's most important in the moment is who you are and who you choose to be in the midst of any breakdowns that you're experiencing in your life, in your life together with others. I think of what uh, we launched this morning. Thankful Thursdays. Being filled with gratitude and being filled with thanks. I think that's part of obedience. Is looking at people in the right light and being grateful and being thankful. Even though it can be hard at times. and doing what is right in the eyes of God in the midst of the breakdowns that we experience in this thing called life. So what are yours? God said anything through the story of exploring the land and the epic breakdown that occurred? I hope so. hope so so that you'll avoid breakdowns in the future. And if you're having one right now in your life, that you look at those truths, you'll apply them, and let God lead you out of it. You know, the reality is, it is really hard to avoid breakdowns in life, right? It just is. And I think it's even harder in terms of life together with others because there's only things that you can be responsible for and control. So that person sitting next to you, you can't control their behavior, nor should you try to. But you need to be responsible for who it is that you are and the things that God calls you to do. Being focused on purpose, claiming his promises, and being obedient to his word. That's all God asks. I hope the truths of his word fills your heart 
and goes with you when you take steps out these doors so that in your life together with others on a journey that's called life you'll experience his goodness his grace and his presence in profound and wonderful ways you're still going to have some breakdowns but you'll avoid a lot of them and be able to work through the ones that you do you just listen to his word and truth will you pray with Lord God, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for all that you share. Lord, there's so many things that we can learn from the stories that we read. That's why they're there, to teach us truth, to help us, O oh Lord, to live life and live life together, to live life together with one another, to live life together with you. God, we praise you and we thank you for your truth, and we praise you and we thank you for your leading. We praise you and we thank you for your purposes and for your promises. You're a good and a gracious God. We come before you humbly and with gratitude for all that you seek to teach us. In your name we pray. Amen.